The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to an Ask Me Anything episode of the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to get our hands dirty and talk marketing strategy and execution to help a member of the MarTech Podcast community overcome a marketing obstacle that they're facing. Joining us for today's Marketing AMA is Clay Kinnick, who is a Marketing and Business Development Coordinator at Hard Truth Distilling, which is Indiana's largest craft distilling company. And today, Clay and I are going to talk about addressing KPIs with his company's leadership. Okay, here's our interview with Clay Kinnick, Marketing and Business Development Coordinator at Hard Truth Distilling. Clay, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on the show, and I'm looking forward to not only talking a little bit about marketing KPIs, but also talking about one of my favorite things, craft spirits. Tell the MarTech Podcast community a little bit about yourself and about Hard Truth Distilling. So I started this role about eight months ago. Graduated from Purdue University last year with a hospitality management degree and got a job here with a growing hospitality group in Nashville, Indiana. And Hard Truth Distilling is the distilling operation under the Big Woods Restaurants Quaffon Brewing Company umbrella. So it's the youngest brand of those three, but it's extremely fast growing. And we now have the largest craft distilling operation in the state of Indiana. And we are about to expand into other states for distribution. First off, congratulations on graduation, on landing the gig. Early stage of your career, I'm sure that you're learning a lot and faced with a lot of new challenges. So hopefully we can help you tackle some of those. Talk to me about some of the challenges that the organization is facing and that you're facing as well. So overall, distilling, especially on the whiskey side of things, which is something that we're putting a huge focus on, it's a liability from the time you make it for the next couple of years until it comes out of the barrel and you can actually sell it. So it's a cash flow negative business right now. Fortunately, we do have other operations that help to support it, but spending a lot on marketing, on product launches, on all kinds of things. I mean, we're seeing great sales, but building this distillery was extremely expensive and capital intensive. So we're paying that back and building from there. So we expect to be a brand that can be nationally recognized and enjoyed, but we're not there yet. 
So you're running a local business, and by local, I mean statewide, specifically in Indiana. You can only sell your products in Indiana. Just to catch everyone up, Hard Truth Distilling has a variety of spirits, so alcoholic products, everything from flavored rums and vodkas to more traditional products, like just aged rums. They're also working on a whiskey product. And they're, as Clay mentioned, early on in the development of this brand, but the company has a successful chain of restaurants and also a brewery that's been successful. So you're working with some experienced leadership who are breaking into a hybrid of their existing business. Clay, talk to me about the marketing leadership that you have and what are they asking you to do and where are you struggling to communicate with them? I report directly to our CEO acting as marketing manager and it's all new to them. This is the first person they've hired. We had a firm that was hired right when I started a little over a year ago that things didn't really work out and they wanted me to assume this role. And it was something I was happy to do. So I am learning as I go, but trying to bring some creativity to what we're doing. And the whole pitfall situation is that I don't know exactly what I'm aiming for. So that's something that's hard to deal with. It's an interesting problem because you're working in an industry where there's lots of competition. You're focused locally, so you don't have a ton of brand recognition, and you're challenged with, I'm assuming, moving product. When you talk to your marketing leadership, what are some of the expectations that they have? What are they asking you to do? So we've launched some products recently, and we're trying to sustain sell-through rates and increase brand recognition. Now that falls for all of the company. So a big part of brand recognition is our actual distillery location, which is a destination in and of itself in Nashville, which is a really scenic area. And we're on a beautiful surrounding here on 325 acres with a restaurant and tour center and a lot of hospitality functions. So that's a big part of it and getting people to visit and purchase the products and then continue to do so. And I've had successful product launches since assuming this role and things have gone well, but they're shooting for just overall success, but that's never really been defined. So it seems like there's a couple different things that you're being faced with. First, you've got some leadership challenges in the sense of they're saying, go market and make this product successful, but they're not specifically telling you what success looks like. So first and foremost, I would come to your leadership team and say, okay, here are some of the things that I think we need to accomplish. We need to raise our awareness. We're looking at foot traffic. We're looking at distribution. We're looking at sale through rates. Like those are some of the things that we want to accomplish. How do you prioritize them? What do you think is most important? And help me understand what the long-term vision of the business is and what are your short-term goals as well. So let's play that out. If you're the marketing leadership and I'm in your role and I come to you and say, look, you're trying to do a bunch of different stuff. You want to get foot traffic. You want people to just generally be aware of their brand. We got to get our product out there to the right distributors to make sure that people are buying it. And then people need to be aware of it. So when they go to the liquor store, they're picking up our product and understand what it means. Which one of those do you think I should prioritize first? Well, I would say the initial thing is getting them to try it. 
I believe that was something you mentioned and that way they understand it. So anytime that you have that connection with a guest, making sure that they're aware of what they are tasting or enjoying. So the product trial is an important trigger for you to get somebody who's going to be a repeat purchaser. So to me, I think that there's a couple different things. One, you have a location where people can come in and do the trials. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone here, right? You're building some awareness of the product while marketing people coming to your distillery. And I think that this is something that goes back into the local marketing playbook. And we've talked about this on other AMA episodes before. To me, the local marketing playbook is making sure that your brand is visible. And when people are looking for your product, make sure that they can find it. So this is going through Yelp and Google My Business and Yext and all of the local providers to make sure that when somebody looks for any sort of distillery or wine tasting or any sort of event that's related to what your business does, you're easily findable and well-described. So that's getting more into marketing strategy, but that's one of the first things I would talk about is let's look at how visible we are and try to understand what organic foot traffic we're getting just from people that are searching for us. So that's one of the things that I would be evaluating first. How do we figure out where our foot traffic is coming from so we understand what our marketing channels are working? You're not necessarily saying, I'm going to drive more foot traffic. First thing you need to do is understand where the foot traffic is coming from. The second thing that I would do is take advantage of the existing businesses that you have, right? You have relationships with customers, you've developed a brand, you have a series of restaurants. And so I would start doing cross promotion to the people that are in those restaurants and try to see if there's a way that you can amplify and retain your existing customers and then port them over to the new business. So you mentioned that trials are something that generally gets people to become repeat purchasers of a product, a, you know, a spirit like yours or spirits like yours. If you have the ability to do trials, I know that there's different laws in different places about how you can serve alcohol and who you can serve it to. But if you have the ability to brand your products in your restaurants, if you have the ability to do trials, if somebody orders the steak, you give them a free shot of rum or whatever it is, you can start building in those trials to parts of your business that you're already monetizing successfully. So the idea is you're starting to get brand recognition and awareness from your existing customers, and you're tapping into a second market of people that are just generally looking for the type of experience that you're offering. I live in Northern California. Wine tasting is a big thing here. And to me, location is very important for wine tasting. You know, all of these wine tasting regions sort of pop up and they get all cobbled together. So your local signage and maybe having partnerships with other people that are in the area, if people can go to multiple distilleries, also something that might be worthwhile, giving referral benefits to your brother and sister distilleries that are in the area, and just try to be active in the community is also something that I would look at. But these are more marketing tips and channel tips than they are specifically KPIs. The first thing I would do is say, look, let's understand the baseline of what we're doing today understand where customers are coming from so we can know what to amplify. And in terms of the marketing strategy, the first thing that I would be doing is A, evaluating what foot traffic you're coming in, where it's coming from. 
B, leveraging the relationships that you already have. So whether that be your existing customers, your vendors, other distributors, and try to cultivate those to try to drive traffic to your products. And then C, now I'm actually starting to talk about building awareness and trying to drive traffic through some sort of advertising. So on the advertising front, this could be really tricky. You could try everything from local signage. To me, if you're in a locally focused business, having signage that's appropriate makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you could think about some out-of-home campaigns. I would look at direct mail, which is a way to get people that are in the local area. I would start really from the inside and work your way out. Instead of doing an Indiana-wide campaign, trying to ask people to drive hundreds of miles to your distillery, I'd try to get the people that are next door around. And I would focus on either reaching them at their home, showing that they're close, trying to find other restaurants, hitting other hotspots, doing signage, doing your product giveaways. And the last thing is I would be working with distributors. There's a business development component here that for alcohol and spirits, getting into the liquor stores, getting your end caps, getting the signage, having relationships, doing your tasting where people are looking to consume alcohol near you is a great way to not only get more trials, but it's a nice way to engage with the community and then drive people to the distillery. Hey, here's something that we're putting on sale. And if you come to this, we'll give you a free plate of hot wings when you come to the distillery. So time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Let me just stop there, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you. Ask if you have any questions. So those are all things that are currently in motion. So at least I know I'm taking the right approach. There are other things that are important. So I was trying to think of it as what they would say in the market is most important. And that's one of them. But so is everything else. I don't think that they would ever place any one thing above another. They're all on top tier level of importance, which makes things a little difficult or a little bit more high strung than they might need to be. 
if that's the case, I would try to take, I guess what I would call a leadership stance here of saying, here's what I want to do for the marketing plan. The first thing we need to do is understand what the people that are enjoying our products and the people that are organically coming to our location and trialing and buying, we need to really get to know what makes them tick. Those are the type of people that we want to understand the most. So I'd start by doing some interviews with the people that are consuming your products. Where did they come from, right? How far away are they coming? How did they hear about your store? Why did they try it? What is different about the products that they liked? What didn't they like about the product? What did they wish were different? And by doing the qualitative research, that's step one. Hey, we need to understand our existing customers first before we can go try to find other people that are like them. Out of that process, you understand who your customers are going to be. You can start evaluating what is driving them into the store and you can start doing some marketing tests. So step one, let's do our homework. Let's do our research. Let's figure out who the people that are coming to our store and who are our initial customers. What do they like? What makes us different to them? Understanding our customers is step one. There is no real KPI for understanding your customers other than we're going to create a profile and a persona to understand how far away we should be setting our targeting, what marketing channels that we're doing before everything is really launched is working. And once you have that understanding, you can start testing. Hey, everybody told us that people are coming into the store because they saw the sign across the street. So what happens if we put three signs on every other corner, the four corners that are surrounding our business, to start driving more people? Does that 4X our traffic? And you start figuring out if local signage is the right channel. If people are hearing about you from a Facebook ad you placed, start seeing if you can expand the audience or change the audience, create lookalike audiences. It just depends if you can understand and magnify what you're already doing to be able to implement it. So instead of thinking about KPIs, what I'm doing is saying there's different phases of how we're going to build our marketing program. First, we got to understand our customers and that's interviews and that doesn't take a really long time, but we're going to interview 10 different people and try to come up with some personas. Second thing we're doing is going to evaluate what is driving everyone into the store that's getting our foot traffic, that's driving our trials. And then we're going to run marketing tests to see of the people that are being driven in we're going to see if we can amplify those channels. And the KPIs for amplifying those channels are foot traffic. Or if you're thinking about trials, what's driving somebody to do a trial? Where did they hear about the product? It's kind of the same process here as much as you can run it. You got to take the people that are just walking through the door who are your easy wins, understand what makes them tick, understand what their experience was and how they decided to become your customer, and then see if you can replicate that. And over time, you magnify it. Here's really what I'm struggling with. There's ROI that you can assess based on spending. Some ROI cannot be assessed. You run a billboard campaign. You can say that spending went up, but it's not directly attributable. That's part of why I don't like billboards. Not that they're not effective, just that you can't measure. So you only get the results you measure. And I'm wondering what I should be measuring to say, this is the performance that I'm giving you. And that's what we want to focus on. Or if I just say, We've never really had goals in mind, and I've pushed for goals. As a business, it's kind of interesting to me that they've never truly focused on goals other than year-over-year -year growth in the restaurants, try and cut spending and make sure that your cost of goods is at a certain level. That's a goal. But that's just on the restaurant level, whereas the distillery operation, which is the business that has the most to gain, 
we've been very successful in these last few months and have made a huge splash in the Indiana market. And we're now going into Kentucky and other states are going to follow. The dominoes will start to fall, if you will. So what do I want to tell them? Or if I could force their hand, what do I want them to measure that I'm doing? And this is someone that's handling all of the strategy, all the execution from creative to campaign management. It's interesting, Clay, you're being put into a leadership role and it's really a challenge, mostly for somebody who's doing the operations at the same time. You're essentially a solopreneur running a marketing operation at a large company. So that is a big challenge. I think if your leadership team is looking at revenue as their KPI, you get to define what your KPIs are and you're going to be running direct response campaigns. So they are very much about what dollars are you putting in and what is the output. And if that's the case, you need to be doing something that you can directly attribute and track. Now, you mentioned that you don't love billboards because billboards don't have great attribution. I actually think that there are new technologies now that allow you to understand who was exposed to a billboard. Basically, you could look at someone's mobile phone and see where they within a certain geographic area that is close enough to the billboard where you're counting them as an impression. And you can actually remarket to them. But you can evaluate things like out of home and billboards and these other channels using what's called a mobile app ID or a MADE. So here's one channel that I've tested, and they're also, I'll say that they're a friend of the MarTech podcast and a future guest on the show, a company called Rapify. So what Rapify does is they, instead of doing billboards, they do wrapped cars. So people are getting brand impressions and you can have the cars go in routes that are specifically around your business or have them boxed in a specific geographic area. And so if you know that you want people that are within a five mile radius of your store and the billboard inventory isn't there, that could be an option. There are definitely billboard companies that give you digital retargeting assets. And I think that there's a combination here of you can put up some signage and see who is near your billboard, who is near your store, and then start to retarget them using their mobile app IDs. So there are event location data and location data providers where you can see who is exposed to a given ad. So just in terms of marketing ops, that's definitely something that you could do. In terms of the KPI, you got to think of this from a direct response campaign. If your leadership is telling you, hey, I need revenue, and the only metric that I'm going to measure you on is revenue, you could say, fine, if I'm being measured on revenue, we're doing direct response driven things. And the key to direct response is you're starting as far down the funnel as you can. People that are already your customers, people that have already been into the store, people that have been into the restaurants, people that have been to liquor stores that you know, people that live in the same geographic area, right? You're going to start from the bottom of your funnel and retarget people and work your way out, right? That's going to be your highest ROI. The KPIs that I'm looking at are ROAS, return on ad spend. I would look at the number of people you're reached, how big your retargeting audience is, but you get to set your own KPIs. You're not looking at awareness campaigns. Now, eventually, when you get to the point of launching in new markets, either the company is going to have to create its own distilleries in every single state they want to run into, or you're going to need to think about running a brand and an awareness campaign. But right now, since your company is so focused on direct response, I would just look at what standard direct response KPIs are and just start saying, here are the things that I think we need to evaluate to understand performance. 
and you're looking at return on ad spend across each campaign and across each channel that you're going to test. Now, if I were to say, okay, they just need to be guided. They've never thought about anything in this way. So to take a more modern approach, what should I encourage them to do if we were to get into some other things versus doing standard direct response or return on ad spend? And I were to take a more modern approach with marketing in the way that I'm evaluated, what should I ask to be evaluated on? I think the direct response approach is very modern, right? I think that building an awareness campaign and hoping people come into your store is a very old approach. Now, the problem is awareness lowers your cost per acquisition over time, Mm -hmm. right? The more that you're getting organic and viral growth, the less you have to pay on a marketing side because people are just coming in naturally, right? You don't have to pay for those customers. Right. So the more you invest in content and awareness, the cheaper your direct response will be as your business scales. What I would do is plant the seed early. Here's what I'm going to be focused on. I'm listening to you. You're the boss. You said I'm being evaluated on revenue. So I'm going to focus on direct response channels. And these are things where I know I can put a dollar in to get a dollar out and they happen immediately. Now, the risk of doing that and having that be our only marketing channels is as we expand to new areas where we can't monetize quickly because we don't have a distillery to drive people to, or as we move to place that we don't have inherent brand recognition, we're not going to be very successful. So what I want to do is just have you understand that we are going to need to run brand and awareness campaigns. And those things take three to six months to have those channels cultivated to be able to see them. The direct response channels, the Facebooks of the world, I can start putting coupons on Facebook and I can start putting butts in seats in the distillery within a month with a couple thousand dollars. But if you want to be paying $50 per distillery visit five years from now, we're going to be locked into Facebook and it's going to get more expensive over time. We need to start building our awareness campaigns. We need to start doing direct mail, radio and podcast advertising, billboards, content, the things that people see and that build good brand impressions, but don't necessarily drive someone to the store right now. What you're doing is you're focusing on building out the bottom of the funnel. When you get someone in your net, you know how to get them to the finish line, but eventually you got to feed the top of the funnel. So for now, I would just say, look, for the next three to six months, all I'm going to be focused on is direct response. But as we start thinking about expanding into new areas, we need to figure out what works from an awareness perspective, because we're going to need awareness and understand how to build awareness when we go to new markets. So if we don't start testing that stuff in three months from now, we're going to want to move into Kentucky in a year, and we're going to be starting to try to build awareness campaigns without knowing what actually works. So I wouldn't push back and say, you know, you guys want direct response, but that's not how marketing works. You can run direct response campaigns and go build equity with your leadership, right? Go make them happy. Go show them that you can deliver and go master their direct response channels, but just make them aware that the direct response marketing only always hits a cap. You get to that point where it just gets more and more expensive as you scale. And then you look back for businesses that have large aspirations. What I've found is that you end up looking back and saying, damn it, six months ago, I wish we started a content strategy. 
we need to put 20 to 25% of our effort, even if it's not ROI positive right now, into cultivating long tail channels. Or when we hit the point of diminishing returns for our direct response channels, we have nowhere to go. And then we're caught flat-footed with channels that take a long time to cultivate. So that's the message that I would try to get across. We're going to be focused on direct response. We're going to be evaluating ROI like you want. I want to be able to carve out 20 to 25% of my marketing budget to start doing awareness marketing and understanding what channels have a positive impact. And those are going to be evaluated a little bit more based on intuition. We're going to have to survey people that are coming in the store, but we're really just going to have a gut feeling of when business is doing well for the awareness stuff. Initially, there's other ways that you can track awareness, but initially you're just going to feel awareness. Right. Now that it's a heavily web-based world, obviously, it's a little easier to track awareness if you say that awareness is through web clicks or your follower growth or things like that. And not every brand is designed to grow in that way, but that'll be a focus. Absolutely. And you know, you could always look at things like our email list. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're trying to build awareness. We're going to try to drive people to consume our content, right? Those are the metrics, content consumption, engagement without conversion, list growth, right? What remarketable assets are you getting? And maybe that's the best way to do it is like, look, I'm going to be thinking about direct response, but I also care very much about getting people to subscribe whatever assets I need to be able to remarket to them, get them to the website, get their email address, because that's the way that we're going to continue to get people to the bottom of the funnels by getting new people to the top. Okay. All right. Any last questions before I let you go? I've learned a lot, definitely. So it's a whole new thing right now. All of this is new for myself and for them. So just introducing this subject to them is something that I'm excited about and wanted to make sure that I was taking the correct approach. I think that based on what you said, the marketing channels, all the things that you're doing, they sound like you're right on. I think that you're in a tough spot, right? Because you don't have a ton of experience, not to say you're not a willing and capable marketer, but a lot of the understanding of what the priorities should be, you get out of experience. So I would also set some expectations with them of, you know, I'm learning this stuff on the fly and by focusing more on direct response, I'm going to be able to show you more immediate business returns, but there are risks there. At some point, the direct response channels, you come to the end of the road, you can't scale them, or they just the media gets more expensive, you need to start doing all these other marketing tests. So I'm going to spend 75% of our budget on direct response. And here's what I think the outputs are. And we're going to measure it on return on ad spend. And you'll see that impacting our business. But I'm going to take 25% of the marketing budget, and I'm going to develop these other channels that are going to be harder to measure in terms of direct response. But we're going to look at how big our engagement and our audience are. And that way, in six months or a year from now, when we need to expand other places, we have the assets and the other channels to be able to do that. Right. All right. Clay, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you asking the questions. And I'm sure other marketers are facing the same challenges. So thanks for being our guest. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Clay Kinnick, the Marketing and Business Development Manager at Hard Truth Distilling for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Clay, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. And if you're interested in Hard Truth Distilling, you could visit their website, which is hardtruthdistilling.com. 
over 21 only, please. A couple of links in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We have summaries of our episodes. We have the contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter, which is a once a week newsletter that gives you links to all of our show notes. If you want to contact me on social media, my handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.